Okay, one of my favorite authors is on the line with me right now. Uh, it's Tess Gerritsen. Um, started reading Tess years ago, and she and I have talked, uh, I don't know, a few times, four or five times maybe over the past few years. Well, she's got a new book out called Playing With Fire. Uh, i got to tell you that the cover is extremely intriguing, and uh, we're going we're gonna to let Tess tell us uh, what this book is about and uh why she's uh why she's writing again <laughs> how are you tess <laughs> i'm good it's good to talk to you yeah this is Thank a really you. different book so it's uh it, it's fun to talk about it is different because uh, it's uh off uh, it's kind of off track or not off track but it's different than your Rosalian isle series Right, it's not a Resilient Isles right. book. It's um, it's a book. Um, you know, authors call. We talk about these books that we feel compelled to write, even though nobody wants us to write them. <laughs> we call them the book, the books of our hearts, and this is what this one is. Um, it it was born from a nightmare I had in Venice. I was there for my birthday, probably drank a little too much wine, and I dreamt that I was playing my violin. There was a, a baby next to me, and the baby's eyes glowed red, and she turned into a monster. So I woke up and thought, well, this is, this is a story, but I don't know what it means. Oh. It turned into my, my book, uh, Playing With Fire, about a woman violinist who uh, picks up a piece of music in a Rome antique store. It's handwritten. It's old. She doesn't know anything about it. She takes it home to Boston, and every time she plays it, her three-year-old daughter goes crazy and does something really violent. She even stabs her own mother. So um, my, my violinist named Julia is now afraid of her own kid. She thinks maybe the music is evil. Maybe it's had, it's, you know, her child is possessed by some demon that's been awakened by this music. What, what's going to happen now? Everybody else thinks that Julia's going crazy because nobody's afraid of a three-year-old, but she is. So she has to find the origins of this music. She wants to understand what's, what's going on with her child, and it takes her back to Italy. And there in Italy, she discovers where the music comes from, and this, the real truth behind the music is quite heartbreaking. It's about a tragic love story that takes place during World War II, uh, Venice. And that's the other half of the book. I mean, there's the two stories interweaving in the story, the story about the modern-day violinist, and the story about another violinist who lived in Venice just as the Holocaust was about to happen. Whoa. Whoa. Um, the Holocaust, um, the music that was played in, at Auschwitz and other camps uh, as the people de- detrained. Um, so um, I, I got the book, and I'm looking at the inside back leaf, and there's a photo of a very beautiful, looks like Japanese gal, and she's a violinist, Suzanne. How do you how do you pronounce her? Or Suz- Suzanne Howe. Howe. Okay. Howe. Okay, Suzanne Howe. Now, you play violin, and obviously you know this woman. Whoa, where's the collaboration? And, and what's where's going on? okay? Yeah, um, okay, so the, the, yes, it's it's something that I everybody's saying that we've never seen this happen before. This is completely new in publishing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the book. Yeah, I'm describing this piece of this fictional piece of music that does not exist. Uh, the piece of music is called Incendio. That's the Italian spelling for what looks like Incendio. Right. Um, and the music is described as being beautiful at the beginning, and then it gets disturbing, and then it gets frantic, and then it ends in a very haunting way. So here I am writing about the music, and halfway through 
writing it, I had another dream. So, you know, this whole project has been getting, I'm getting this through dreams. I woke up with a melody in my head mm. of a piece of music that did not exist. Mm. So I sat down and I, I, uh, I composed it. It's, it's, um, you know, it, it's about 98 bars, which works out to about a three-and-a-half-minute piece if you play it. Mm. Um, and I sent it off to a music producer. I said, what do you think of this? And I, I happen to know him in London. And he said, wow, this is really beautiful. I know violinists, concert violinists, um, very famous ones, who would love to record this. So he put me in touch with Suzanne Howe. I did not know her ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd heard of her, but I did not know her. Um, she read the manuscript. Uh, she knew there was a tragic love story behind this music, and she was so excited about recording the piece um, that she even added her own little cadenza, which is a violin solo, um, towards the end of the, st- of the music to sort of emphasize the, the frenzied nature of where this, this story takes you. Um, and she recorded it in Toronto. It's a seven-minute recording, and um, if you read the book, you'll, you know, here you have a story, and then you have the mis- the music that the story is about, and here is the music that came out of the story. So it's one of these, in this strange collaboration of of, of concert violinist Suzanne and um, uh, author composer who's me. Whoa! So did Suzanne give you anything? I I mean she is probably you know younger than we are. Um, uh, did she? I mean, what did she contribute other than her ear? Um, oh, she con- she contributed um, that cadenza. She composed uh, okay. about a minute of the seven-minute recording. Okay. Um, and, you know, the music that she composed was so incredibly difficult. I, I would never even dreamed of, of, but it, <laughs> of but writing that piece. But it fit your piece, yes? It's, yes, it, because my piece has a number of what we call in, in a music terms motifs, which are sort of various mm. um, themes that mm. repeat again mm. and again. And there are several sections that kind of go very quiet, and that's where she inserted her um, frantic cadenza, which is a, simply a violin solo with no accompaniment. Um, and it all worked together. It all came together. It's, it's as if I wrote a part of the play, and then she inserted some extra, you know, her own little scene in there. Um, and it's it's um, I could never have played this piece, um, even the part that I wrote. I could not have played it because it's too difficult. Mm. But she just she you know. And the other thing that's really cool about her performance is that she plays it on a seventeen twenty eight violin, a very very famous heck? violin. Is that an old violin? So when you hear the rec- um, yes, yeah, her old violin. So oh, when you hear the okay. recording, you're hearing it on one of the best violins in the world. No, whoa, wow. Yeah. So how come there's no uh, CD with this book? <laughs> oh, <laughs> because my, wow. because no no publisher wants to do that. It's too it, it's too complicated. Plus, it's only a seven minute recording. It's not a whole album. Well, um, yeah, so, I mean people can go online and, and they can hear the music. Um, yeah. They can go onto my website and hear a uh, one minute excerpt of ooh, the band's performance. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Well, I, I I love violin uh, concertos. I lo- I love the violin. Um, uh, I grew up Italian American, and, and you know, there's a lot of music that I listened to in the '50s and '60s. But uh, uh, the violin is a very, um, uh, it's a very difficult instrument. I would assume uh, you have to have an I, amazing ear. I would assume. I think it uh, is one of the most, if, if mm. not the most, mm. one of the most difficult instruments uh, to play because, mm. uh, as, you, as you said, it requires. Uh, 
the ear. It requires ear training. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when you listen to the music, you'll hear um, maybe strains of klezmer and gypsy mm. in the melody. So it, it'll, be, it'll sound like something that a Jewish composer in Venice might have composed oh, in 1938. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and that, that, that time period is uh, uh, close to my heart. I've been studying the camps and the, the war for years, and I had... Yeah. I had, and you say you're Italian-American, so I'm you, you Itali- know how it's, Italy was different. Yeah, well, also Italian and Polish. Uh, my great-grandfather Patel uh, walked out when uh, in 39 um, as he was coming into Poland. Uh, he lived in a little village, I think, in the south, um, uh, but no, the stories of the of World War Two, one of my favorite uh, uh, time periods to to, to research because it was is extremely tragic and you know uh, anyway. But they're anyway. also you know what I what I liked about this uh, focusing on Italy was that it was yeah. tragic, but it was also very inspiring what so many Italians did to to save their neighbors and friends. Right. Um, right. They didn't, Italians in general, and, you know, I, I laugh about this when I talk about traffic in Rome, um, is that when Italians don't like a law, they just won't follow it. <laughs> so that's, oh, that's where I get that from. <laughs> I'm a rule, yeah, like, yeah, I'm a rule breaker myself, but, uh, yeah. Was, you know, they, they, you want me to do that? Forget it. Yeah, yeah that kind of thing. Yes, so, forget um, about it. <laughs> forget, forget, forget about it. Forget about yeah. it. So, and that's what happened in, in fascist Italy. Mm. They were told, "Round, you know, turn over mm. your neighbors." And mm. a lot of people just said, "Forget about it." So, um, and so instead, yeah. yeah, Tess, why are you dreaming this stuff now? Did you? I don't it, know. You've never dreamt before, and 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 it was inspired by a book, have you? Or is it? I mean, is this no, totally never. new? What the heck's this going is totally on? Totally new. I don't know what's going on, and that's why I keep telling people this. This. This book and this music was handed to me by some kind of a supernatural force. It said, yeah, I mean, write this book, tell this, tell the story, um, write this music because it, it, mm. it, you're meant to do this. And mm. it's, it, as I said, it's it's very eerie, it's very strange, mm. um, but it's almost like the ghost of Lorenzo, if he ever existed, um, saying it's time for me to finally be heard. Wow! 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 Well, maybe your grandbaby has had something to do with this. Maybe, maybe your grandbaby's allowed you to step out of your skin a little bit and uh, uh, do something different. Do you plan to write more um, tests, or are you winding down? Uh, what's going on? I'm I'm starting to move in slightly different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have one more uh, Rizzoli and Isles book that's uh, under contract. It's um, mm. number 12, and it'll mm. probably be on sale at the end of next year. Um, mm. But I have other sort of things that I'm doing right now. My son and I are making a feature-length horror film. And uh, we're going to be going. <laughs> we're going into production in March, and we're having so much fun. We just cast the child's role, and a we're now looking for... A horror film? Really? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I wrote this script. It's called Island Zero, and it takes place on a Ooh. fictional island off the coast of Maine where one day the ferry doesn't show up, and the ferry stops showing up, and everybody's phone has gone dead, and they don't know where the rest of the world is. So it's this group of fishermen on this island who are just trying to survive, and every time they send somebody out to find out what's going on, of course, he never comes back. Whoa. So um, that's that's the setup for, for the movie. Wow. Um, uh, what kind of production is this? Is this a... You know, medium budget production or no? It's low budget. Low budget. <laughs> it's 
it's low budget. It's going to be all we hope. You know, we're hoping to cast it, um, all the parts from Maine. Um, and uh, we already, well, our, although some of our big people, like our, our DP, is coming from Los Angeles, and our producers from Los Angeles. But really? you know, it's really going to feel like a Maine production because it takes place on a Maine island. Oh, you know who you got to talk to, Tess. Um, uh, there's an author out there that I've been helping out. His name's Mike Bond. Um, he lives in Maine. He his family is 300 years old in Maine. Um, mm-hmm. He's got some history. History. Uh, I give him. I give him crap all the time. It's like, ah, oh, Salem witch trial error, huh? Yeah, three hundred <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Anyway, Mike. Mike's pretty cool. He loves the state of Maine. Um, he, he's a. Uh, he's pretty. Pretty good guy. Um, anyway, really, wow, movies now, movies. So, but you know, this is the thing. I'm not a young. I'm not a spring chicken anymore. We're not. And, we um, are not. <laughs> <laughs> we are not. And I, as the older you get, you think this. Okay, I've got a certain number of years yes. to do the projects I yes. really want to do. Yes. Um, I don't want to write another serial killer book. I'm tired of serial killer books. You know, yeah. audience, go away with the serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> so you now, now it's like. Like you get to a period of time where you just you feel like you blossom, and so here I just compose this beautiful violin piece. Now I'm making a horror film, and now I have other ideas for books that maybe people aren't expecting. Mommy, mommy, why is Grandma so weird these days? <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> What's going on with Grandma? So what about what about children's books? Did you ever think about something like that? I think I think that takes a special talent. Yeah. Um, I would love to write a, a young adult book. I think young adults are. I essentially consider young adults adults. I mean, I think a, a story that you tell yeah. could work for them, too. And, in fact, I feel that Playing With Fire mm. is very much a book that a young adult mm-hmm. would want to read and maybe should read because some of the, mes- some of the lessons that you learn in this story mm. um, are good for all ages. I think that, that somebody who's 16 or 17, because Lorenzo starts off the story as 17, mm-hmm. Um, they look at this and they're going to think, wow, could I have done what some of these people did? Could, could I be as heroic as some of these heroes in this book? Will I, where will I be when such horrible things happen to you know, my life? You know, kids need that nowadays. Um, there seems to be a disconnect. Uh, there was not when I was younger. Uh, but there seems to be a disconnect now with with young kids coming into this high-tech world and uh, you know, we, we they don't operate the same as we did when we were younger. Mm-hmm. We were hands-on. We were, uh, you know, confrontational. Yeah, we don't. They don't know the history sometimes. I mean, I think that yeah. we lose touch uh, with history, yeah. and we lose touch with how how things get bad. Why do these bad things happen? What what was the slow process of going from a, a, a country? where Jews were completely integrated and accepted and yes. intermarried in society yes. to suddenly being rounded up. I mean, what what happened? How did that work? And, and to be aware of when these things are happening again. Yeah. Do you see any correlation with what's going on today with the Islamic uh, uh, problem? Now, now, and I don't mean to be disrespectful. What I mean is that uh, the Roman Catholic Church has had their problems. You know, the Lutherans have had their problems. Um, Religious sects have had their problems. Um, is what what do you see going on contemporary today? Um, well, I'm I always a- you know I always worry about the fact that things are portrayed in a very black and white manner. Thank you. Um, and that that was the first thing you know taking 
looking into the parallel of what, what happened in Italy, mm-hmm. the first thing that was done to start this whole ball rolling yeah. was newspaper editorials who start they started portraying Jews as the other. Yes, they're not us. They're right. different. Um, they're they're not they're you know they're not patriotic. Um, and then it started to go well. They're a different race from us, and they're dirty, and they mm-hmm. carry diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you you start down that road that road of they are completely alien to us, mm-hmm. um, then you're starting to get into trouble because mm-hmm. real life is not black and white. You know there are there are good people and bad people on both sides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where's the mm, uh, what 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 do you think is going on today? Do you think that uh, the masses are mm, okay? Let me put it another way. Uh, I know a guy who grew up in London, lived, uh, grew up with Muslims, whatever. Never had a problem until recently. Now he's starting to think, you know, I don't like him anymore. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. isn't that the same well, kind of thing? That's well, you ha- yeah. That, I say I worry about that because you know yeah. I have many many good friends who are Turkish. Yeah. Um, you know, I go to I go to Istanbul very fairly frequently, um, and I and that's of course a, a very liberal part of Turkey. Um, and I know Turks there who I mean I know gay Turks. I know people who are living with their with their girlfriends. Um, I know people who are very very liberal there, and they are Muslim. So you can't say they're all bad. And this is what I, I'm concerned about: is we're starting to to call them the other um, and ignoring the fact. That they're really, you know, the vast majority are like us. They want to live in peace. They want to raise their kids, yeah. Um, yeah. and they want to be Americans yeah. or Turks or whatever. But yeah. you know, it's it's that black and white thing that starts to scare you. Yeah, Ugh. I don't want to go down that road anymore. Ugh. No. Well, playing with fire. Um, hmm. You know what? You're right. Um, this this I think this could be a YA. Matter of fact, it looks like a YA book to me. Um, it um, because of the age group of, of yeah. the two lovers. Yeah, yeah well, but and, also and also the cover. Whoever your artist is is doing a hell of a job on your books. I mean, this is a cool cover. It's it's. It, I put it on the shelf in the in the YA section. Just see what it would look like, and it stood out. Which is it, it is beautiful. It's a, it's, it's a gorgeous. picture of a young of a girl uh, yeah. with um yeah. with the background of Venice. It yeah. almost looks like the whole cover's on fire. I know. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know. they did a great job. <laughs> they really did. Well, I I wish you uh, continued success, Tess. Um, we're running out of time here, and uh, it, when we when I say goodbye, if I need thirty seconds. But anyway. Um, uh, it's always great talking to you, Tess. I, I always learn something uh, when I talk to you. Uh, I like your insight. Uh, I think you're a great gal, and uh, um, I, I, I can't wait to see what else you got coming down the road. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, we'll take a listen to the music. Uh, I think my publisher sent you a link, and you can link, and you can hear the whole seven minutes. I'm gonna listen. I, I, I can't wait. Tess Gerritsen okay. playing with fire. Uh, her latest novel, a uh, a little different than her uh, regular stuff, but boy, oh boy, this lady can write. Anyway, Tess, take care. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.